how every good podcast should start. It is really. There were some times I got down like this. You get you you get I down. Get you a little smoky. You get down. Get down low. Get 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 funky with it. I had a whole two barrettes. <laughs> mm, yeah, Papa. Welcome to Daily Screening. As always, my name is Daily. I am joined by my partner in alphanumeric crime. Alphanumeric. Alphanumeric crime. Cordy. Yes, indeed you are. Uh, Bartholomew. Hello, Bart. Hey. Uh, and today we're talking Attack the Block. Uh, last week, I, we, we didn't set an agenda nope. in advance last week, I realized way after the fact. But we were talking... I realized it today. You re- okay, good. Yeah. We were talking Star Wars last week, and I mentioned John Boyega, who was the star of Attack the Block, and Bart, you hadn't seen it before. I hadn't. So uh, we decided we, we should rectify that wrong today. Yes, indeed. Uh, which, which, which is what we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, Attack the Block, for uh, those of you who haven't seen, uh, first of all, cannot highly recommend it enough. One of those movies that uh, I saw in the theater... With very little preamble and just hit me like a freight train. Uh, I saw it. I mean, I saw it twice in theaters. One of those things where you walk out of theater, you want to tell everyone you know to go see this movie, um, or at least, at least that's how I felt about it. Bart, you really walked in pretty much totally blind. You, I didn't even give you a, a story primer. I mean, did you have any in, in, no, any I mean, idea I, what you were walking into? Once Nick Frost showed up, I remember <laughs> having seen. Probably a trailer at some point sure, that, I, yeah. that I had long since forgotten about. Well, I had showed the trailer at my final screening. Oh, that's probably what sure. it was. So uh, That's what it was. As a, in the run-up to Aliens, I'm pretty sure I showed that trailer. So. That would be that. Yeah. Attack of the Block, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, is a tale of uh, alien invasion um, set in sort of the you know ghetto of South London um, in, a, in a council estate. Or the block, as they call it, um, and it's basically uh, these creatures show up and, and cause havoc, and we follow a couple of teenagers as they try to they try to fight them off and, and survive the night. Um, let's start with the aliens themselves, which don't ever get names or anything. They're just gr- gorilla wolf motherfuckers is the closest thing yes. they ever get to a name because yes. they're big and lumbering and they've got all black fur so you, you really it's super it's really deep rich black you can't make out any like really detail but they lumber around kind of like gorillas um and they've got these huge awesome glow-in-the-dark blue phosphorescent jaws yep. uh with like you know multiple rows of teeth and shit um they don't, they don't have any eyes they're scary as fuck they look great they're scary as fuck they're so they're so uh simple and streamlined and and that makes them instantly iconic. It reminds me of the conversation we had way back when uh, talking about Pacific Rim. I say it, but this goes back to podcast number one. Yeah, the lost the, lost the lost pilot episode of this podcast um, when we were talking Pacific Rim, and we were talking about you know the difference between Pacific Rim and Michael Bay's Transformers is everything. Well, yes, but when it, when it comes down to, the, you know, the Jaegers versus the Autobots, the Jaegers have they started with silhouettes when they were designing those robots. They started with silhouettes so that they're all very 
simple, and each one is very different from the other, and their country of origin really kind of plays into their design, and they're all very easily identifiable on screen and very memorable. Whereas the Transformers and they and, look good, yeah, and they look awesome. Yeah. They, they look they look you know stylish and and badass, and they look like they're ready for a fight. Whereas you know uh, Bay's Transformers are they all look the same? Yeah, you know one's yellow and one's black, but otherwise Not I really. can't they're tell all, them no, apart. Just, you know they're just dueling CGI. Yeah, exactly. And so that like when you when you look at the you know the aliens here, the gorilla wolf motherfuckers, uh, and you compare them to a lot of the other, um, you know, alien creatures or sort of monster creatures from Everything. recent movies. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like night and day. So this movie came out in 2011. Mm. Um, so I mean, you're looking at stuff like like the Super Eight monster. I think it was the same year as Super Eight, mm-hmm. um, which looks exactly like the Cloverfield monster. In case you've forgotten. Um, I mean, you know, species eight fours. Yeah, whatever the fuck that was. They, they, they all. I mean, it's, it's all caught up. Kind of like Bay was kind of caught up in this idea of being able to see all the gears moving and each piston like firing and like every little cog turning and everyone. It's like I think he was just stuck on spending the money. Well, I mean, that might be, but that you see the same thing with so many of these like modern alien monster creatures, where it's it's, they're they all feel very biological, and it's like you've got to. Well, it was based on this animal, and like, like they're trying to make it look as biologically realistic as possible, instead of just making them look awesome. Yeah, just simple and and memorable, and and the kind of the kind of image that just like burns itself into your head that you want to go draw later. Like, yeah. good luck drawing the fucking Cloverfield monster, right? Well, I, I get the feeling with these that what they did is they had something more detailed, and mm-hmm. they were doing the masking. Um, and, Photoshop or right, whatever. I mean, I'm guessing that just they had different layers of detail that you that they would work on individually and then um, flatten. Well, and, a lot and, of that, and then, like, and then they had it. At some point, some guy just had the silhouette up and the teeth, and so, and the director walked in and said, "Stop! <laughs> <laughs> You've hit gold. Yeah. That's it. Just just that." No, I like that. That, that actually, I, I I almost buy that. Yeah, I mean, that, well, the other thing I love about this, you know, these monsters are almost entirely practical. Um, you know, there there are actually guys in suits, you know, in these gorilla suits, like you know, lumbering around and 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 fucking shit up on set. So I, there's certainly some CG touch up stuff. I think, especially the, well, the teeth. Yeah, well, the T, especially anything like like that shot of hi hats uh, standing in front of the window, and the the gorilla wolf motherfuckers are all the way they're they're all lining around the window. You just mm. see all the teeth. So you don't have to see bodies; it's just teeth. Like I'm sh- that I'm sure it's yeah, because right, it's just right. teeth. But um, but yeah, for, for the most part, it's a lot of practical effects, which is the other thing that makes this sort of feel like this great sort of smart throwback to uh, you know the the better villains, uh, the better monster movies. Um, where you know there's actual there's an actual guy on set yeah, there's, that there's they're fighting there. off. Yeah, it's great. What did you think of John Boyega? Did you, I mean that's really that's that's really the best barometer you have of him. He's the, the only barometer I have. of him. Well, no, but I mean like there wasn't there wasn't anything else I could send you your way to say. Oh, you should also watch this. Like that's oh. pretty much the best the the biggest role he's got. Uh, he almost did a actually he was supposed to do a Jesse Owens. Uh, like biography movie, uh, which he actually dropped out to do Star Wars. So, huh. um, 
he's been his name's been tossed around for a bunch of different different things for a while now but but this is really his best his biggest showcase so okay um i liked him i mean it's he did a lot of acting without doing a lot of acting yeah no he it's, doesn't have very many lines yeah i mean he yeah you're right he does he does a lot with a little oh oh hi hi jamie hi J- J- the wife jamie's gonna join us hi how you doing? Good, wife how Jamie. are you? Wife, wife Jamie. Wife as opposed to somebody else, Jamie? Yeah, exactly. Uh, would you like, you'd like to join in on the uh, Boyega chat? Yes, because I love him. You love him? Yeah. Why do you love him? For exactly oh. what you were saying. He has very few lines in this entire movie, and yet you know everything about him and what he's thinking and what he's going through and what like his problems and his fears and his struggles and his dilemmas are. Yeah. Because it's just all on his face. That's... And it's incredible. That's true. Uh, I mean, and he really does have uh, an incredible character arc when you think about it. I mean, think, try to think of how many other um, characters really get that much to do. He's introduced as a villain, and you know, he's he's holding up this woman, uh, with, you know, with his with his gang essentially, um, and he has this great arc where he sort of reverses and becomes. You know, it becomes it starts sort of becomes an anti-hero, and then it becomes a straight-up hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how many other movies, how many other you know movie characters, you know heroes, can you think of? You get to follow a great arc like that, and you're right. I mean, he's uh, you know he's doing it essentially as an unknown, and he's fantastic. I was gonna say, like, I love you know especially the scene where Hayat is first offering the, him the opportunity to sell the drugs for him mm-hmm. and it's like you can see on his face that like this isn't the person he wants to be yeah but there's also there's money in that mm-hmm. and there's respect in that and and he doesn't have a lot of other options and like right. you can see that struggle on his face and then what i think is so interesting is even though you can see how much he doesn't want to do this once he walks out the door and his friends are like oh hey did you get a job did you get a job like the pride and happiness on his face is very real, like when his sure. friends are excited for him. And so there's a lot of just complex issues going on there, and he plays them all so well. Like, you so you see exactly where he's coming from. You see what he's up against. You see him facing down who he wants to be versus what he has in front of him. Absolutely. And it's incredible. I think one of the really telling moments is actually... Uh, when he's... When they're all... They're hanging out with the girls, and mm. they're trying to... And they're speculating on where these creatures came from and he's oh i bet the feds sent them in yeah you know first they send in guns and then they send in drugs and now they send in monsters yeah, like we weren't killing each other fast enough yeah exactly i mean black boys that yeah. says so much about, and because you can tell he believes it like yeah. that's very much his worldview like this yep. is what he feels is the hand he's been dealt exactly but also in that same scene one of the girls is saying, you know, oh, trouble always follows you, Moses. Like, if it's not this thing, it's the other thing. You know, what What about when you did this thing or when you did that? And she's just, like, going, going, going. And he's not saying anything. And you can just see the look on his face, like, how upset he is by what she's saying. How not, like, offended. Not that he feels like he can defend what she's saying. You can see that he can't. She's right. And he knows it. Yep. But also just feeling like there's nothing he can do about it. He doesn't, you know, he's just so stuck. And it's all just on his face. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't even, he just stares straight ahead that entire scene. And yet it's all on his face. Yeah, in a way, it's actually kind of a great, I mean, obviously it's this wonderful, uh, you know, funny, badass monster movie. But at the same time, it's also kind of a great coming-of-age story for Moses, you know, where it's, oh, yeah. it's one of those crucial moments where he has to decide what kind of what kind of person is he going to be, right? I, I wonder if it makes the the 
deliberate brooding that we see happen a lot in mainstream Hollywood where mm-hmm. teenage characters just feel a little even more bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of a lot of movies don't give, and I mean, a lot of adults in general, and they're the ones writing the movies, don't give teenagers a lot of credit. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's so special when you find a movie or a TV show that really does capture what it's like to be a teenager and gives teens a little bit more credit. Like, they're not all useless and ridiculous, you know? Sure. A lot of them are hardworking and a lot of them are smart and they're idealistic in a way that can be, like, nurtured and fostered and is good, not just, you know, naive and ridiculous. Well, Freaks and Geeks is very much like that. Yes. That's, that would be the strongest example I can I was going to say, Freaks of, and Geeks is good really about that. it really treats their teenagers like real characters, yep. like real Spectacular people. Now is good about yep. that. This, In fact, this summer was really good for a lot of coming-of-age movies like that. You had Kings of Summer, you mm-hmm. had Spectacular Now, you had Way, Way Back. There were so many great, you know, great coming-of-age movies that came around, came around in the last year or so. Um, I, I can't think of another year where it's felt like that. Or it's mm-hmm. just like it was like every month there was a, there was another great movie to go see. Short Term Twelve is also on that list. I mean, it's incredible as well. Yeah. So, but this is another one because I mean, especially like mirroring what I was saying about the pride on his face when his friends were like, "Oh, you got a job, you got a job." At the very end, once he saved everyone, and the crowd is chanting Moses, 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 he's locked in the back of a cop car, but everyone's cheering for him, and his friends like, "That's for you," and. That big smile on yeah. his face that gives you hope that, like, this is going to drive his future now. This knowledge of, of how that feels. To have people being proud of you because you did something heroic. Sure. Yeah. Um, and meaningful and that you actually helped people. And you're right in that I, like, I, that, that's one of the things that always strikes me about that, that moment is that he, it's really the only time he smiles. Yeah. In the whole movie, he gets close to it. He's kind of holding it back he, in yeah, that in ducks, that scene he where he ducks his head and kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah, he's like kind of embarrassed. And he kind of looks away, but that's the only scene where he's just Jeez, straight up joy. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, it's a big it's a big moment for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 incredible just how just how great Boyega is in that, which is why I feel you know a little bit of a little bit of hope. A little bit of new hope for, yes. for Star Wars. We're gonna keep making gonna that say, joke. I feel We're gonna like, keep making that joke till these movies come out. I feel like if the script is halfway decent, he's gonna do so much with it yeah. that it's. I mean, and because we were talking about this yesterday, because Daily Daily was watching a recut version of episodes one, two, and three, yes. where the entire trilogy was distilled down to, to about two, two hours, hours and forty-seven and minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, great. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. And I came in, I was out, and I came in, and he was, like, mostly at the end. He yeah, was, you were in episode was, three Yeah, already. episode three. Um, after, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. That's about when I walked yeah, in. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And we were talking about how terrible Hayden Christensen is, of yeah. course, but then how Just terrible how terrible Natalie Portman is, mm-hmm. in my opinion especially. And I think, she, you know, we said she came away unscathed because she was already Natalie Portman. She had a good reputation as a, as a, as a decent actress before this, whereas Christensen was new and then, you know, Same. all people could think was how bad he was in Star Wars. But Dilly was, like, kind of defending Portman because the script is bad, and I was saying... You know, but this is, I was like, look at this scene. This is terrible acting. Like, yeah. this has nothing to do with the script. Yeah. This is terrible acting. Ewan McGregor has the same crappy script, and yet he does things with it. And, you know, Daly pointed out he's really just, all he has to do is be Alec Guinness, and he's kind of okay. Yeah, he gets a, he gets but, a shortcut in this. But still, I just feel like, even, if, even if this, yeah. like, okay, as an example, look at Benedict Cumberbatch. 
That whole con thing was a mess. Yeah. Yep. But Cumberbatch was awesome. Yep. Like that whole scene where he's imprisoned and they're interrogating him. He's amazing. So I feel like if the script is halfway decent, John Boyega is going to knock it out of the park and be amazing and do so much with whatever character he's playing. Do we know? Nope. No. We, we have know no idea. who's in it. We don't know what anyone's doing. In fact, there was a story going around uh, yesterday saying that uh, Harrison Ford, that Han Solo is being described as the co-lead of the movie, that his part, his role in episode seven has been seriously beefed up. Oh, um, great. Well, I, which I feel like only more clearly signifies that he's going to die in that movie. Like, uh, well, Especially he, if the protagonist is supposed to be his son. No, I don't think so. Or daughter. I think the girl is supposed to be... I think, like, that's... The, the consensus seems to be that, that Daisy Ridley is playing their daughter. Right, but um, I'm saying if, the, if one of the main... You know, yeah, I'm assuming related, Jedi yeah, yeah. of the movie is yeah. his kid. It would be very meaningful to then drive that person's story yeah. forward. If, well, if, if his or her dad dies in the first movie, and so uh, Ford wanted to kill Solo in uh, Return of the Jedi, like way way back when he he was sort of petitioning Lucas. He wanted he wanted them to kill Solo in the third movie, and. And they didn't, so, uh, you know, it, it's easy. I know, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. They spoilers. did it! 30-year-old spoilers. I've only watched one, two, and three. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, no, so uh, so I, I think, you know, it's, I mean, obviously that was 30 years ago, like I said, so, you know, his opinions could have changed, but it... That was, it sort of seems I don't seems know, he logical. seems probably even more over it than he must have been when they were doing episode six. Like, yeah. he's so, he's so, I love, like, dry, curmudgeonly Harrison Ford, who, like, never seems to want to be wherever he is yeah. now, you know? <laughs> yes, kill him, God. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, you know, the other rumor that was going around was that uh, he basically only agreed, and we talked about this before, that he only agreed to do Star Wars on the condition that they would do more Indiana Jones movies um, and so you have to figure there's you know he's not going to want to wait if he's going to be locked in for three Star Wars movies you know that means he's basically not going to do an indie movie for the better part of a decade you know I mean that's yeah. that's crazy um, so are they going to remove Shia LaBeouf yeah I don't think I feel like this. Back. I was going to say I feel at this point there's no way I don't think there's a script yet. He's um, not good enough to warrant what it must be like to work with him. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't want to see him. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I don't think there's any. There's any. No, I don't think anybody. Anybody is clamoring to get make sure that you know Mutt is in the next movie. So yeah. that was his name, Mutt. In case you've forgotten, I've been meaning to rewatch that movie. I had totally forgotten that. I was like, who's Mutt? His name was like about? Mutt Williams or something. Oh, I never actually sat down and just watched it. Oh really? Oh, I, we saw it in theaters. Yeah, I've been. I I mean, I bought the box set on Blu-ray, and it came with the fourth can you, one. Can so you buy the box set without the fourth. One? I don't think so. Well, we do own a box set without it because we bought it before, but it was that was DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought. I, yeah, I, I, when I rebought it on Blu-ray, it came with Crystal Skull, and I've been meaning to rewatch it because I haven't seen it since the theater. So I was like, this idea of, especially because, like I, you know, like you said, we were watching the prequel trilogies last night, and I realized I hadn't watched any of the prequel movies since episode three was in theaters. I saw episode three in theaters either. and I hadn't even, I hadn't gone back and revisited any of them at all since then. And 
Episode three is not bad. No, episode three is not bad. I mean, Hayden Christensen's still bad, but well, yeah, but but, this, but it's not. No, the movie is one okay. Has some good moments. I can't say anything about episode one because this cut of it, this two hour and forty seven minute cut of the whole trilogy, cut out the whole first movie. It literally the, the, this cut begins with the uh, Obi Wan Qui Gon Darth Maul lightsaber fight. Like that sets the stage for the rest of what happens. That's all you really need. No, no, it's brilliant. In fact, it's the best thing that this thing that this thing does. Huh. So the cut, for the record, uh, you know, there was this, there was this sort of legend that Topher Grace. Of what? all people, yeah. uh, decided he wanted to learn how to edit film. So as an exercise, he took the Star Wars prequels and he cut them down into one movie. His cut is like eighty-five minutes, and it's like all action-packed, like adventure stuff. Yeah. This one's like two hours and forty-seven minutes, so there's a lot more like more story and say, background yeah, into it. Yeah, three movies. There is actually some yeah. stuff there. You it feels, and I will say that this cut felt very cohesive, um, like as a story. There, you know, there's some jarring, uh, you know, get cuts here and there, and it sort of feels like, oh yeah, no, it's clear there was other things there that they've cut out, or you have these sort of vague recollections, like, oh wait, wasn't there a thing about this and what? I didn't see that part, and. Um, but for the most part, it actually feels very cohesive as a, st- as a story. Mm. But the best thing in it, absolutely, is that they do a new title crawl at the beginning that just says sort of like, hey, assassins have been killing uh, political people uh, <laughs> to, to change the balance of power in the galaxy. And these Jedi have been dispatched to this planet, Naboo, to protect this one queen against an assassin um, and along the way they found uh, a young boy who is strong in the force and then it literally just it starts with there's no dialogue there's nothing it just starts with the beginning of that fight scene and that's the opening of the, of the cut and it's great it's fucking perfect and Qui-Gon dies and he says oh, you, you have to train the kid and they cut out Jake Lloyd entirely and almost all the Jar Jar shit it's fabulous it's so great but a lot of what follows then is Basically, it's like episode two and three cut yeah. down like in half, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And man, I f- mentally blocked out a lot of episode two. Like, I didn't realize so just how little of that movie I remembered. There's so much shit in there. I, I sat down and watched all six of them uh, last summer because of the, I got the Blu-rays out of the library yeah, yeah, yeah. and I watched them all. And I guess the first time I ever watched them in episode order, mm. I just never had. And I said, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I haven't done that. Um, don't bother with <laughs> And when you, when you eventually have babies, yeah. don't, don't do that. No, um, I, I, no, we have, we have a plan, we have a plan. There was a plan. We stole, we stole it from the internet, we stole it from, um, Drew, Drew McQueenie, McQueenie of yeah. Fix. Oh, is it, is it the, um, it's... He, when he showed his sons, and it, when it, Daily first told me this is the order he's gonna do it, I was like, no, and then I actually read his yeah. write-up of his son's responses to it as it went. He did four, five, one, two, three, six. Because yeah. it preserves the mystery yeah. of Darth Vader's yeah. identity and then yeah. gives you all of the backstory. Yeah. Which they he said was especially damaging and hard for the kids. I mean, in a good way in that like yeah. you know, the yeah. movie meant something way because they're, the kids, even though they hadn't seen the movies, they were big fans of the Attack of the Clones cartoon series. Yeah. So like they knew Anakin as like this good Jedi guy. Like yeah. they were familiar with the character of Anakin. So watching it that way, they were just like, undone by it in this this, like what like it really punched for them in a way that it wouldn't for like for people like us who saw it the way it was theatrically released Released, yeah and I've been meaning to go back and watch the Clone Wars cartoons I haven't watched any of those and they've got another series that they're kicking off soon called Rebels 
I think all takes place between episodes three and four, um, sort of in the, in that gaps, which basically feels like I think it's the beginning of the rebellion, essentially. Mm. Um, I was thinking, and I know now we've gone totally off on this. No, that's totally fine. I was gonna say like it, this is gonna meander. I was thinking about this while we were watching the recut about you know just when you know Yoda loses his fight he's like oh into exile I must go failed I have and you see them like dropping him on Dagobah and you're supposed to be like oh and it's supposed to all feel familiar and nostalgic and like that's how he got there and I was thinking it's so strange and it it's what really makes it feel like such a squandered opportunity because usually when you start a story in the middle of something the way that episode four does, you know, with like these people already having been in exile for years and yeah. the Jedi having like all but died out. You and you care about them and you care about their adventures. You can't help but want to see the earlier stuff, the how yeah. they got their stuff, you know? And then now you're watching the how they got their stuff and it's just so boring. It's not and it's not even a little bit compelling. And it just makes you wish you were watching the other thing. And I'm like, God, like like, watching Yoda get dropped in Dagobah is not nearly as interesting and cool as watching Luke arrive in Dagobah yeah. and, like, meet Yoda and start to get trained and everything. And it, and I was trying to think of other series that I love. Well, I mean, first of all, it was hard for me to try to think of something that starts in the middle like that. I feel like most things don't do that. You know, yeah. they, they start at the beginning. But, but you've had plenty of movies that ended up having prequels that never intended to have prequels. Yeah, but I was just thinking, like, mm. most series that I love, I would, you know, the closest thing I could think of was Harry Potter, which definitely doesn't start in the middle of anything. It starts at the beginning. But you do know there was this big battle earlier. You know, this, like, big fight against Voldemort a long time ago. Yeah. And then you start to slowly learn about what, like, the first order of the Phoenix was like and what all of, like, their parents were like when they were at Hogwarts, what Sirius was like when he was at Hogwarts. And I know for a fact every Harry Potter fan wants J.K. Rowling to write the Marauders. Like, that's Remus and Sirius and James and Peter when they were all at Hogwarts. Like, yeah. everyone wants her to write the Marauders because it would be amazing! And so it's just, like, Star Wars fans probably felt that way, and then they got handed n nothing, you know? And I'm and when I'm saying you're Star Wars fans, I'm thinking of the people who saw it originally in theaters, which yeah. I was too young to do. Right. So... I just But I think there's a I think there's a bigger issue there, which is that I think, you know, prequels are you know, the the idea of a prequel is great because this whole idea of like, oh, you get to sort of revisit like you're saying, you revisit this sort of world that you know, but yeah. maybe different characters and you see a different side or whatever. But they all feel like they're sort of fundamentally uncompelling because like it's a it's it's a narrative dead end. There's no dramatic tension because you, you know, know how everything ends. ends yeah. So unless there is a really crazy like surprise, unless there's something like they the script really you know bakes in something where you think you know where something's going because you know how it's supposed to end up later, and then it turns out it all sort of flips in on itself on the end. Like that's what a prequel should do. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of something that's not like a prequel necessarily, but where you think you know how it ends. It well, okay, so here's a good example. That is a good example. Crack my hair. <laughs> here's a good example that never actually happened. Mm -hmm. The Terminator Salvation movie that was all set in the future war yep. against the robots. Yep. The original script for that movie, um, if you haven't seen it, basically Christian Bale plays grown-up John Connor who's leading the resistance and uh, there's a, another character, I think his name is Marcus, um, mm -hmm. who 
is thinks he's a survivor, but is ultimately revealed to be a robot. And that's not like a twist at the end. It's like three quarters, like halfway through, three quarters of the way through, they find out he's actually a robot. He's a he's a Terminator who thinks he's human. Um, and so the original end of that movie is there's a big climactic battle or whatever, and John Connor dies, and the Resistance decides they can't afford to lose him. So what they do is they literally skin his body. They remove all of his skin yep. and they put it onto the robot. That's so that so that the movie ends with John Connor is an android and nobody knows. Weird. Which is that's, like, no, that's great. Like, that's that would kind be kind of awesome. Yeah. It's like you yeah. know going into it that John Connor is like the savior of everyone. Exactly. And so you're expecting that. That would be I mean it's insane, but it would yeah. also be kind of a great reveal. It would yeah. totally subvert all your expectations. Because then it's still maintains continuity like yes john connor's the leader of the resistance and everything but like then you get to find out no he's dead and he's been dead this whole time yeah. and it's not really him doing it anymore it, i like it, that i didn't it, know about that yeah no i mean and i was so the way the, the movie actually ends is that uh connor's about to die or he, he you know his heart is failing on him and they've made a whole big deal throughout the movie about how uh the terminator actually has a human heart in him and it's like this monster heart basically uh that'll you know that's so strong or whatever and so they literally they the the terminator sacrifices himself and gives up his heart to save john connor um but no i i kind of wanted it to end with john connor as a as a android i think that's so much yeah. more interesting as a cyborg cyborg john connor yes please twice on sunday well i, I mean look we've veered Not. very far off the beaten path here <laughs> yes. um I, I mean look we could we, it, was there is there anything else about Attack the Block that we specifically really would good. like to talk about? It was really good. It's awesome. It's the best yeah. movie I've seen in a while. The monsters are great. I like what is her name? Is her name Jodie Whittaker? Yeah, Jodie Whittaker from, yeah, uh, from Broadchurch. Yeah, from she's Broadchurch. fantastic. I love her a lot. Yeah. Um, um, who yeah. directed it? Joe uh, Cornish. Yeah, Joe Cornish, who was in the. This is actually this is gonna that you guys are brilliant. So it was directed by Joe Cornish, who was in the running for a while, or at least rumored to be in the running to direct the next Star Trek movie. Star Trek. Um, yeah. Um, tragically, that has not come to pass. I would be super excited if he was in charge. Instead, and this will sort of transition us into the first of many little current event stories I have on my little note card here. Um, there's, you know, the rumor going around is that uh, Roberto Orsi, who's been sort of a co-writer yeah, on yeah. these movies uh, and co-wrote the Amazing Spider-Man movies yeah. uh, and... A whole Every, other, the Star Trek movies. favorite nine eleven truther. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, he's yeah he's kind of uh, well crazy. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Thank you. That was, that's the word I was. We all for. when Stacy dies. Yeah, we all saw Into Darkness. Yeah, I know it's we fine. We know where his mind goes. Yeah. So, uh, but he, you know, he's been co-writing these movies. Obviously, Abrams is off in Star Wars land. So, um, the the rumor is that he is the favorite. To you know that they're basically negotiating for him to direct this movie. Orsi, yeah, yeah. he's never directed a movie before, okay. so this would be his directorial debut. debut. This seems like a huge movie to give someone who's never. Directed yeah, a movie and not only that, not only it requires so much. Yeah, and not only is it just like Star Trek in general, like it's got a legacy and there's a big budget and, and you know crazy, crazy fan base. Yeah, but on, and on top of who that, are pissed off already. Yeah. yeah. 
But I'm um, pissed off at and, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really trusts him to begin with. But this movie is still scheduled to come out in 2016, which will be the 50th anniversary of the franchise. Oh, God. So this is like a huge fucking movie. No, no pressure. No yeah. Pressure. But what's interesting is, and because... I mean, I didn't realize this and to what extent this is true, I don't know. But because we were, Daly and I were talking about this this morning and, you know, of course my knee-jerk reaction to it was like, well, that sucks because I don't like that guy's writing. And if he's now in charge of everything, I can only imagine what he's going to do with that when he doesn't have anyone telling him, like reining him in at all, basically. But then I was reading something online this morning and again, you know, take it for what it's worth. But according to this article, at least, apparently a lot of the things that we don't like about his movies, about Star Trek and Spider-Man and stuff, were not his idea. Yeah. Apparently, he's, like, one of the reasons he keeps getting such big jobs is, according to the article, he's, he's very malleable. So, like, when producers and directors are like, this is what we want, he's like, okay. He's and, really good at and, integrating and notes. And he, jet- I was gonna say, he jettisons his own stuff and puts their stuff in to make them happy. Apparently, he never wanted Khan. He wanted... Gary his Mitchell. Name? He wanted Gary Mitchell, and that Which is what would he have been was writing. Way better. He was yeah. writing Gary Mitchell, and then Abrams was like, "No, I want Khan. I want Khan." So he revamped the whole thing to do to be Khan. And worse. apparently, in Spider Man, he had Richard Parker be present and a part of the yeah, movie, Parker and like survives give and shows him up at the and end. give him the like with great power comes great responsibility speech, and they were like, "No." So people were saying maybe his problem isn't that he's. A terrible writer maybe his problem is that he's too willing yeah Yeah. he's too willing to just be like oh that's what the director wants okay so maybe if now he's the director and he can just kind of do what he wants in the first place maybe it actually won't be that bad but here's the problem like yeah the script might end up being moderately stronger but does he know what he's doing? Well, does yeah, he no. Know how to direct? Well, I feel like it's just, it means we're just going to get you know the diet version of what Abrams was already doing. He's just going to follow that visual template. True. The lens flares will not go away. You know, like I would yeah, love to see if he's learned all of his directing from like sitting at Abrams' elbow. I feel like it's it's going to be a lot of JJ. Like I want to I want to see somebody else. Not necessarily they have to come in and you know dramatically you know re make the canvas like the visual canvas uh, canvas of the sh- of the film but i'd love to see somebody else come in with like a strong vision and and kind of shake things up a little bit yeah. um, i mean that's why i think this one of the reasons this franchise has persisted is because it's you know it's changed and it's altered over the years um and uh, if this is the only thing this is the only thing we have going right now you know like there's for a long time there was Basically, from the time of uh, that next gen started, um, up until which was the you know late eighties, up until we were in college, yeah, up until we were in college, there was was always Star Trek Trek on the TV on TV. Which, by the way, is where Star Trek belongs. Well, look, I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, they see this as a big budget franchise. Like, I, I don't. Like, now that you're saying that, has there been any talk about that? Cause Bring I feel it back like, to TV? Yeah, because no, I feel really. like with the success of the movies, I'm really surprised that no one's tried to do, like, not with these characters, but, like, no one's tried to do, like, a, you know, new whatever, like, Star Trek Navigator, or, like, Star Trek Explorers, like, some new, like... You're naming cruise ships right I am, now. I know. Yeah. But <laughs> think about He's it. He's literally <laughs> substituting in the names of cruise ships that we've been Enterprise. on. Enterprise. 
for um, Starfleet vessels. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Look, that's and not the worst no, idea I've ever No, but I heard. just mean like, because, you know, they all have different names. The they're like, you're, they're like. Thank you. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> what? The love enterprise. You know, but it's like, you know, because they all have different names. It's, what's the one I'm thinking of? The one that's like Star Trek something. Voyager. Voyager. Thank, thank you. you. Um, that so, one? yes, that one. <laughs> They're all Star so, Trek something. No, but it's like, so there's, there. no, but yeah. I mean, like, it's Even just the name Enterprise of a ship. I just meant it's just Star the name Trek of a ship. So it's like, there's Star Trek, there's Enterprise, there's Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, like, a new ship I, and yeah, new Yeah, exactly, yeah, new yeah. ship, new, new cast. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really think about it until just now when you were saying it belongs on TV, but I'm like, how, with the success of the movies, have I not even heard anyone throw that out there. Paramount like, doesn't want hey. to. I've, I've, I read some... Especially s- though now that there's, and I'm sure this is probably on your list, but all your all the stuff that's out now, like you, you have S.H.I.E.L.D. now, you oh, have yeah. Arrow, there's yeah. Gotham, there's Agent Carter, yeah. The Flash is coming out. So it's like all this stuff just because the Avengers has been so popular. Yeah. So why not well, try to reboot Star Trek? And How I would no one done that? I wouldn't be surprised if that's ultimately kind of the direction they went in. Um, I mean, Paramount, the last I heard was that basically Paramount, because there were a lot of different um, pitches for uh, movies and other TV series from back in the day that never, that sort of never really took off, but that fans know about yeah. you know like there was a whole uh, at one point there was a whole uh, effort to reboot the whole thing as Starfleet Academy and it would be Kirk and her and Spock and all them in the Academy this is you know this which is a horrible idea well yeah but this is this this sort of sort of split the difference a little bit these right. new movies um but you know all sorts of other things. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, eventually. I mean, and look, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how this third movie does because the second movie made money but was not well liked. You know, um, both among the it was basically the opposite. I think of the first movie, which sort of mostly pleased the fan base but brought in a lot of new people. Yep. I only really much of it, and the only people who liked this movie don't don't give a shit about Star Trek, basically. Um, so there, you can't depend on those guys because as soon as you make a movie they don't like, they're not going to come back, you know. Um, so I think a lot of it's going to depend, like the future of the franchise. I think is really going to depend on this third movie and and how it does. I don't know, but I would expect that none of those cast members are signed for more than three movies. Um, I, I just I just expect they would have to renegotiate all those contracts. So that would be that could be a huge stumbling block. Um, and you know, in terms of expanding that franchise, I mean, you've reboot you've literally rewritten the history of the entire timeline. So sure, you could jump all the way up into the future to like next gen. That's what they need to time, do. Time time slate and new before. characters or whatever. I don't know if I'd want to see like a new next gen though. Like I don't no, know no, if no, I want to no, see no, no, like. No, no, no. I'm not saying another Enterprise D or like no, another no. Enterprise in the future. What I think is actually probably smarter is kind of what you were intimating at Jamie, which is you looking at stuff stuff like Agent Carter and and Agents of Shield, um, which is ex- turning it essentially trying to turn it into like the shared universe model, which would be yeah a TV show about another ship at the same in the same era of the movies so it could be like yeah you could have stuff happening there that would feed into the movies just like when DS9 started a fucking intergalactic war right. and then they were you know when the next movie came out they were all at war like right. that was the backdrop you know yeah. right. um, that that's the kind of stuff that you could do and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the direction they ultimately wanted to go in but I think a lot of that's going to depend on whether or not they decide to stay 
in this same time frame, that Abrams same era. Verse. Well, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll like ditch the Abrams verse. I don't think they're ever going to ditch the Abrams verse and go back to the prime timeline. Um, but it's just a matter of whether or not they stay in the Kirk era right. or or jump forward. I mean, and look, fucking sky's the limit. Jump, don't jump. You know, a hundred years in the no, future. No, no, jump no. three hundred no, years in the future. Maybe, I don't give a shit. They, you know? they have to. I mean, I, I feel like if they wanted to do that, they need to jump to Enterprise. Jay. Well, no, but that's the thing. Like, I would, I would want them to jump so far into the future that, that like letter letter uh, designations would be stupid. Yeah, you'd be way deep into the alphabet. Yeah. So just start with like, oh, there hasn't been an Enterprise in fifty years, and we're christening a new Enterprise. Yeah, you know? that'd be fine. Have you actually dug into all of Enterprise? Oh, Scott Bakula Enterprise. I watched the whole thing because the second half of it's did. really good. No, I know the second half is crazy. The second half is awesome they, because they think they knew they were. They had their goose was cooked. They're yeah. Like, All right. Fuck it. We're just gonna do whatever we want. The second, the 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 year long story, and then the series of short arcs, like those. The series of short arcs were fun. The year long yeah. thing got old. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, because they the were first, the first two seasons were shit. Yeah, up. the first two seasons. I I, I do love the uh, Andorian character. Oh yeah. Um, he's uh, Shen. I think his name. I don't remember. Shen. Him, he was. He was. Fantastic, and he's the same guy who. No, I know it is Jeffrey Combs who played so many characters. I know this was a weird choice. Yeah, but he, I mean, but I actually loved that. That's some of my favorite Star Trek. Period. Yeah. Um, I, and I and I don't I don't feel bad saying that. Nope. nope. Um, that's fine. I'm just going to keep running on this train of something gets mentioned and it reminds me of another thing. That's fine. Um, so you know, it's called a segue. Exactly. It is a, in the biz. A segue. A segue. A segue. Since we're talking about the realm of television. Um, you know, Jamie mentioned this idea is Agent Carter thing. I don't know, Bart. I, don't I know did know heard, about you've heard about this. I heard. So, uh, Agent, and you haven't really been watching Agents of Shield, right? I, mean, I haven't seen any of Agents of Shield yet. You haven't missed a lot. Um, yeah. it got better. I think. I think it's been objectively yes. got better after the Captain America stuff. But it's one of those things where like it got better, but like honestly, there was nowhere else for it to go. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, no, like, it was. I suppose yes, okay, it could have gotten was pretty worse, middling from the from the from the outset. Yeah, it was not very good. Okay, but they've been uh, you know ABC has now picked up yeah. uh, another series called Agent Carter. I don't know how it's going to schedule out. I don't know if they'll be on TV at the same time. There was talk I heard uh, a while back saying when they were when they were still the show was still kind of rumored um, that they were going to sort of do the hiatus thing. So it was you know mm-hmm. Agents of Shield mm-hmm. would be on. They would take a winter hiatus when which is when Agent Carter would air, and then Shield would come back in the spring. Uh, and maybe Agent Carter would come back in the summer. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a period movie. I expect they're going to want a bit of lead time on this. You know. Yeah. Um, but I. I mean, I love Haley Atwell. Uh, have you seen the yes. Agent Carter short? It's really good. I have. I've seen little bits of it. I haven't actually seen um, anything. Who is she working for in that short? Is it just like? CIA or like what's 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 the British equivalent? Uh, well, no, she's what working. For, she's working for Americans. MI six. MI six. No, yeah. she's working for. She's uh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. But MI five is the the reason. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because. I, I mean, I'm not remembering wrong, am I? Like, it's not until 
Winter Soldier where they mention her founding shield. Right? Yes. Because, like... Well, the I, Agent Carter short came first, but, well, but and here, it's sort of implied there. That's how it ends. I mean, you, we, it's been a while since we watched it. It's been a very long time since we've watched yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's, that's basically how it ends. And I don't even know if they really name-drop shield at the end, but she's working for the, the... No, she's working for... It's the, the agency that's in Captain America is the SSR, the Strategic Scientific Reserve. Oh, okay. That's, like, the precursor to shield. Um, so that's who she's working for in that, in that short. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stark is like, Hey, come with me. We're going to pick our own missions. And I don't think he says we're going to found an organization oh, called shield, right. but that, that's sort of the implication oh, okay. is like, come no, with see, me. I we're going to, we're going to go get shit was, done. She was supposed to be a founder. I mean, that, like I said, makes me love her even more. Yeah. Um, cause she's awesome. She is awesome. She's awesome. Um, I have loved her since Ken. And she's really, that, that short is really great. I so, I mean, short. if it was literally variations on that short every week, I'd be, I'd be down but you also get the potential to see like i don't think we're going to see much of like tommy lee jones for example but uh you know i various howling commanders yeah i I bet the howling commandos will show up is one of them well i don't know if she marries a howling commando that's they mention she just marries one of the people she mentions a soldier yeah exactly so and then they haven't and i remember looking because especially the second time we saw it like, she mentions, oh, I married someone who Steve saved, and you do see, like, a family picture by her bedside table, but you can't really make out yeah. who the husband no is. Details. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be curious to see how that plays out. And yeah. that's a good example of, like, a prequel actually being able, you could actually play with something there, because all you know is that she gets married to a soldier that yeah. Steve Rogers saved, so it could be anyone. Anyone they introduce could be a, her also, husband or not. But also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of the people who played the Howling Commandos in the original Cap would not would not be opposed to doing TV. Oh, sure. So I would I be willing to... Like I bet Neil McDonough would show up. could be regular cast members, oh, and sure. that would actually be even more awesome. Yeah, they only announced Haley Atwell as a, as a cast member, uh, but I would be willing to bet... Uh, like I. I would guess Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Duggan. Uh, I, I I bet I don't know if we'd see him as a regular cast member, but I'd be willing to bet we'd see him show up. We'd probably see Derek Luke show up. He was on The Americans in the first season, so he's not above TV. Yeah. Um, who apparently is now been introduced as the grandfather of like the one of oh, the best Falcon. characters. <laughs> no, 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 not Falcon. I it was Falcon. No, 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 the guy on Agents of Shield. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. In my head, I remembered the line, and yeah, yeah. I just remembered the wrong. No, 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 it's not from Cap. No. Don't say they all look the same you to think you. All black That's people not look what's the same. Happening. You confuse one black guy I, for another. You know what? I confuse all one the black white guy for another. That's all true. The damn time. You couldn't tell the difference between Especially Rick Perry like, and Mitt Romney forever, really and you're from Texas. No, here's the thing. I know the difference between Rick Perry and Mitt Romney, and yet... And Rick Santorum. You thought all three of them were the no, same guy. No, it was really just Perry and Romney. For some reason, it was like... You know how there are those people who have... And there's a name for it, and I can't remember what it is, but it's like their The brain, Brad Pitt disease? They can't yeah, like remember their faces? Their brains have no facial recognition, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's like... It, they can look at you and they've seen you a million times they don't know who you are, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's how it is for me sometimes with Perry and Romney. It's like, we would watch the debates... And they would start talking, and in my head I would think it was Romney until he started saying, like, specific things. Then I would be like, but that's a Perry platform. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, this is Rick Perry. Why can't I tell them apart? They don't even look the same. <laughs> they had the same haircut. That it's was just about like it. my brain could not tell them apart. It was yeah. the strangest thing, and Legit. it happened all the time, every debate we watched. Uh, so, anyway. Yeah. But, no, I do like that. One of our favorite new characters on S.H.I.E.L.D. just recently revealed that, yes, he is yeah. he is descendant from... From a yeah, so I wouldn't. I would be willing to bet. I would also be willing to bet that we would see Arnim Zola show up. 
Um, yes. I, I don't. I don't think that Toby Jones really is above TV. You just want him to show up because your hopes for Shield were dashed. You just want him reintegrated. Well, somehow. I. Well, I do. Um, <laughs> on the internet somewhere. Yeah. I, I. I mean, I would be willing to bet he'd he, show he up. He had his dongle. Yes, he did. He, well, had, he had many dongles. Zola dongles. He did say that the reason that you know Hydra got into Shield was because they recruited him, and that would be around the same time that Shield was being formed. Right. We're going to see right? a so lot I of that Shield like, Hydra tension. Yeah. You know, there's no word of Dominic. Cooper's gonna come back as Howard Stark. I, I mean, I assume that we'd see him at some point, but you know, he might be. They uh, might do it the same way they do it now with with Fury on Agents of Shield. Well, yeah, like, no. If they, if they are not doing the founding of Shield on the show, if let's say they start like five years after the founding of Shield, then you just do what they always do on on Shield. Like, oh well, I spoke to Stark on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to Stark on the phone, no, and he said, blah blah. blah. I agree. I think we're gonna get more of that than. I mean, he, look, Dominic Cooper could could be a regular or he could be a recurring you know yeah. he could show up you know every three episodes or something like that um that that'd be that'd be cool but what i'd love to see you know it's implied if not outright sort of said in uh winter soldier that hydra was responsible for killing howard stark yeah yep. um so i would that that would be really cool because that would be something that you could actually have happen in the show and even though you know it's coming at some point like at any moment, like, it could happen at any moment. That could be, like, a great, like, grenade to drop into the series at some point. Yeah. Um, I want to know how Peggy was badass enough not to get herself killed by, by Hydra because you know they had lady. to have yeah. tried. Oh, absolutely, if they yeah. they Stark, you know they had to have tried to take her totally. out, Totally. Although I'm hoping it's because, you know, you were just saying you think you know how it ends, but so you have to play in a twist. I hope it's not because she eventually turned Hydra and that's where it's going to go. Well, yeah, who knows? Um, but no, she survived, man. Um, we're getting Hydra all... can't take her down. Since we're on the TV wavelength here, we've got a couple other interesting TV things. Uh, uh, we've got this Gotham series. Did you, Jamie? I watch, didn't, I didn't watch, the, watch trailer? the trailer. I read a couple like write-ups. This, have you heard of this Gotham? So there's this Gotham series coming on Fox. They've ordered a full season already, and it's basically the main character is like Lieutenant Jim Gordon. Oh, um, God, and really? so like literally, it's like they've cast... Bruce Wayne and he's it's it, the, like the pilot is Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed and so it's like child Bruce Wayne child Selena Kyle uh, you've got a young... child Selena Kyle yeah because this is already I know I knew I knew there's a young penguin I, there's a young poison see, ivy I was gonna say I knew it was child Bruce Wayne only because. I had read that, you know, this is a time period set in, so there isn't going to be any Batman and, like, Mm -mm. no hope of Batman because he is a child. But I didn't know they were doing child everybody else. Well, (laughs) only Selena... So, like, Batman... Bruce Wayne's a kid, and Selena Kyle is, like, a... She's probably, like, 13 or 14. She's, like, a young teenager, um, and so she's, older than she's, she's a couple. I was going to say that's like, different than she's like probably, every incarnation. Well, she's probably no, she's probably like two or three years older than okay. him. Like he's probably like twelve, and she's probably like fifteen. You know, um, Penguin is like in his twenties. Uh, there's no Joker yet. Uh, Poison Ivy is like a teenager. Um, oh god, they're really really good. Mm. Yeah, though they're they're going to yeah, town. I'm not sure how I feel about it now. This Before I thought it was awful. basically just going to be like a crime procedural that. Oh, I'm sure it's mostly going to be that. In Gotham, no, I'm sure it's mostly going to be that. We're going to do Dawson's Creek versions of every main villain. No, I. I, Is there going to be a six-year-old Robin running around at any point? I doubt. I doubt that. No, I think uh, the circus came to town one day, and there was a small acrobatic child. Jesus (laughs) Christ! Yeah. No, uh, yeah, acrobatic toddler, exactly. <laughs> um, no, Jada Pinkett is actually playing one of the main villains on the show. She's playing like a like a gangster, um, 
So, and I and I think the guy who's playing the penguin works for her. So he's like in his twenties. I think he's probably going to be the strongest like villain character because he's like a grown up essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be a lot like Elementary in that it's like a, a procedural where the characters. But, happen to be, you know, the characters we know from comic books, but it's, an, I mean, it demonstrates this. So we've got this Gotham show. Complete and utter lack of creative vision. Or <laughs> Well, yeah, no, we've got, so we've got, we've got this Gotham series coming. Uh, we already have a Green Arrow series on CW. CW's is got that, a... Is that any good? It's all right. Good. We're, yeah. It's ending its second season now. Uh, second season? Yeah. Second season, yeah. We've been watching it the whole time. It's... It's, it has its ups it's, and downs. Yeah, it's okay. It's pr- some it's of its characters good. have worked far better than the others. Yeah. Um, I have some issues with its structure. Mostly, it wants me to care so much about what happened on the island, and I just don't care. Yeah, I know it's rough. I hate the um, stupid island. There, there's like a dual storyline. So his ship crashed. Yeah. He's on he starts island. off as a rich, spoiled, entitled guy, at kid, and he crashes. He gets shipwrecked on an island, and he he's was, gone he there for like six ship, years. Yeah, he was Laura Croft. A little bit, yeah. He's, he gets stranded for like six years, and when he gets found again, he has like badass archery skills, and he can fight people and, and shit. Scars all over his body. Yeah. So the show does the a the show does a dual storyline. List of people that he wants to take out. Yeah. People who have destroyed his city. So there's a lot of like flashbacks to what his life on the island. Yeah. Is this like. the show runs a uh, because it feels very like what's the name of the company on Lost. Dharma. Dharma. It feels very Dharma y. Yeah, There's but I loved all the Dharma cr- stuff. I, hated it. I loved There's all the Dharma stuff. There's people doing weird I experiments. I haven't seen Lost yet, so. okay. Oh, you haven't watched it at all? Not at okay, all. Oh, we'll talk about it. I kind of want to watch Lost with you. Okay. Oh, God, I haven't re watched the whole show. Lost. I have rewatched it since it went off the air. I kind of want to do a Lost rewatch with you right now. I kind of feel like I need to only because I was one of those people who jumped ship on Lost somewhere around like season three. And then when. Everyone, like, about a year and a half later, everyone started being like, no, it's good again. It's, I promise, it's good again. It's good again. I started watching it again, it but I never went back. It was, but I never went back and caught off See on what, what I missed. missed. Yeah. And so I would just randomly, like, thankfully I had very patient friends who I would watch it with, and I would be like, wait, I don't understand, like, what's happening. And they would be like, oh, okay, well, you missed this part where blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but it would kind of be interesting to go back and yeah. finally see what I missed. We not Penny's that. boat. Like I missed all. You missed not Penny's boat. I missed not Penny's oh, boat. I missed that's all a kinds. Killer of stuff. moment. Jesus, that um, might be like the peak of the I show. I saw the clip. Yeah, no, that but might I be like the peak act- of the show. I anyway. never actually went back. Anyway, so we've got this Arrow show on the air now. Yeah. They've done a backdoor pilot. They're spinning off and doing a Flash series, and right, they introduced right. the guy on Arrow, so they did this sort of backdoor pilot And I, I like him. I liked him a lot. Yeah, I, I thought was, he was, okay. I was bummed when he left. I mean, I know he was leaving to do, do this, this thing, show, yeah. um, but I liked him. But I think the more interesting point is, so now we've got, uh, we've got a Gotham show, we've got an Arrow show, we've got a Flash show, and... You know, got Warner Brothers. Coming to Netflix. Well, no, 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 no. Those are all DC characters. Oh, I see what and you're doing. And DC and and Warner's DC is obviously rebuilding their or you know building, I should say, their universe. Yeah. Um, with you know the next Batman Superman movie and with this Justice League movie coming after, there's no really strong indication as to whether or not these TV shows exist in the same universe. I don't think they will. I I don't not, which is. I don't think we're going to see... Why freaking bother? Well, because they can. I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Well, like, I don't know, think it means... Arrow and Flash exist in the same universe. 
No, no, I'm saying I don't think the TV shows will be canon to the movies. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think the TV shows will be canon to the movies. I I think that the, you know, which is fine with me in a way, because look, you've got five different Spider-Men going on. Like, there's always different, there's, you know, a bunch of different versions of Superman, like, in print at the same time. So I'm kind of okay with that. Um, It, you know, I think it's hard for DC because in comparison, it's like, well, Marvel made all this shit connected and made it all seem to make sense like why can't you but you know i'm kind of all right with the idea that you have like movie versions of the characters and tv versions of the characters because it actually does allow you a little more creative freedom you can do different stuff without having to link it back to you know being beholden to what other people are doing yeah but it also see yeah i was gonna say like i'm fine with there being an arrow show for example and a batman and superman movie and those having nothing to do with each other. Yeah. But if you suddenly introduce Green Arrow in your movies right. and he's going to play a big part, like, intellectually, yes, I understand that. Like, I can tell the difference between a movie and a TV show and they're two different stories and whatever, and that's fine. That's also confusing But because people. the Marvel model is so awesome, at this point, if they're going to introduce a character like Arrow into the movies and it's going to have nothing to do with the Arrow on TV... If it's a good arrow, fine, whatever. I will still enjoy the movie for what it is, but it seems like a wasted opportunity. Like, you could do something really cool with that, and if you don't, it just seems a little no, disappointing. No, look, you're totally, I mean, you're, you're totally right. Like, it's, it's not just, that I it's can't a different disassociate. Way to go. I can totally yeah. disassociate. Yeah, there are going to be people who can't. I'm well, yes, that's say. true. Right. There are going to be people who no, can't. No, look, it's just, it's just a different way to do it. Um, and look, would I rather see, like, a big I mean, look, I got, I got over the fact that this Green Arrow is not the Green Arrow I truly love. Right, from Smallville. From Smallville. Yes. Well, that's okay. my favorite. Well... I got over that. I would get over there being a totally different Green Arrow. It's a different... Or they could just cast that Green Arrow. It's a different take on the character. It's a very... But you you also get to do different takes on the character, which I think think has some merit. I think it has some value. I mean, it's easy to shit on on Warner Brothers and DC, but I think there is some merit to saying, like, no, we're going to have different... We're going to play with these characters in different ways and do different stuff with them. Do you mean to tell me you think for even one second that when new Batman shows up with Superman mm. that people aren't going to be like what the fuck where's Christian Bale this isn't Batman well oh, no I'm... only because I feel like the Ben Affleck casting was such a huge deal and fine, people have fine. such a big even if it's long not... time to get used to it right. no, no, but even there if... will be people who will expect that like this is, should like, be the same Batman even if it's oh, a different you mean, guy you mean the yeah. characterization yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. like the Nolan Batman okay. this is not yeah. the Nolan Batman that he should act like that and, and talk like yeah. that and sound like that and, and look that like that yeah that that, yeah. that should all be continuity yeah. and there is not whatever that Batman lives in Italy with Catwoman that's true that's true I'll be curious to see because just because I feel like they haven't really made a strong stance, I I could be wrong about this. I might have missed something somewhere. But particularly with this Gotham thing happening, which you know was sort of officially picked up this past week with a trailer and everything, um, I haven't heard any comment one way or the other saying whether this is going to have any connection to Affleck and and what they're doing cinematically. I, don't, um, I mean, but with I that, think Flash is the bigger you know. Gotham, I feel like, because Batman is so young... I was going to say, it's set so far in advance. They have an easy out. It doesn't need to connect at all. Right, exactly. They could do their their own things, and it wouldn't necessarily confuse people. I think The Flash is the bigger stumbling block. I mean, and I also, look, uh, Gotham's going to be on Fox, and Flash and Arrow are both on CW, which is why those two shows are connected, and Gotham will exist entirely separately. Mm -hmm. But... 
Like you're not going to see crossovers. Yeah, you're not going to see the, any of those three shows all crossing over uh, amongst well, each other. Again, different eras. I mean, I'm assuming. We don't well, actually no, have anything exactly. that grounds Arrow in a specific era, but I am assuming it's present day. Well, I don't think we necessarily... I don't think Gotham is going to be a period show either. I think it's going to be set more or less modern. I just think it's... like I, The idea is not that like Batman exists in the future, per se. I just don't think that's going to be a period mm-hmm. show. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I think the bigger the bigger stumbling block is is really Flash because you know, Arrow Green Arrow has been a Justice League member certainly, but Flash is like one of the core members yeah. Yeah. of yeah. the Justice League. So like that show's gonna come on in the fall. Uh, he's not appearing. He's definitely not appearing in the Batman Superman movie. Um, so his first introduction, at, you know, his earliest introduction would be in Justice League, which is not going to be for quite some time, a couple years. So if this Flash show actually catches on and is a thing, I mean, they'll be in their, you know, second, third, maybe even fourth season by then, um, if, if they're still going. So if the, if they're still going at that point, you know, you could, you could essentially have that whole show, I mean, assuming the show becomes a success, the whole show could be wrapped up and done with before we ever get to the point of having a Flash movie. You know, like, he could be a minor character in this movie, in this Justice League movie, and it uh, kind of doesn't matter whether, who cares if it connects to that CW show, which, at that point, either it's still on the air and you're watching it, or you don't give a shit, Yeah, I was gonna say, we're also, I mean, you're, like, talking about the fate of the TV series and whether the TV series is successful enough to warrant it. I'm more concerned with the fate of the movies. Like, I'm sure they'll make a lot of money, but, like, whether or not... They are even good enough to like want to care about like what other characters are they gonna do and and what's the Justice League movie gonna be like and are they gonna do a Flash standalone and are they gonna do an Aquaman standalone like from where I'm standing now I'm having a hard time even caring about the future yeah of that no, look, series and like wanting to see more it's and more point. of those because so far I've yet to have that experience with. You know anything that they've been doing? It's a fair point. And like I said, nobody nobody fucking knows what they're where their heads at. You know what what they plan on doing with any of these characters. So that's more or less the end of my television notes here. Um, what will serve as a lovely bridge between television and back to movies? Oh, I know where you're going. Power Rangers. Go go. Fucking Power back Rangers where you are came from. Okay, look, we are like I don't we are like the prime generation for Power Rangers. I think we're a tiny no, little too bit old. too old. No. Oh, no. We're no. a couple oh, years. We're too old. We're a couple no, years. How old were you when you were the, watching Power the Rangers? The first gener- <laughs> the first generation of Power Rangers? Like that was us. I For sure. If it was us, then I don't think it was as big as it later became. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, the because, zeitgeist came later, Yeah, because sure. I was going to say, like, I was too old for it. Like, once it first became a thing that everyone was talking about and, the, like, everyone had the figures for, I feel like I was 11 or 12. Like, I was too old. I remember it came out and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a thing kids watch. Like, See, my brother didn't have any of the stuff. I didn't have any of the stuff. Like, I think... I remember... I feel like I remember someone, like, one of my younger cousins talking about it or something and being like, yeah, whatever, kid. Like, I don't... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get into a lot of the merch or whatever, but I feel like I remember it feeling like... Yeah, I mean, where I was certainly older. I wasn't, like, you know, eight or nine, but... No. 
what it felt like was I would have oh loved that shit if I were eight or nine. Well, no, exactly. But that's for me. It was actually it sort of felt like my first instance of nostalgia because it felt like oh, this is like Voltron. This is Voltron. I was just, I was just gonna say the only things about it that I ever liked was the Voltron stuff. Well, because it's the same. It's it's the it's, exact same yeah, format, right. which is we took a Japanese show and we yeah. we you know redubbed it and we cut in some American shit and yep. and we turned it into a new show. That's exactly what Voltron was, right. you know. Yep. So it, it was the exact, I and mean, I didn't understand all that at the time, but it was like, oh, no, it's, they got robots, and they come together, and they fight shit, and they have a big robot, and, like, it was, it was Voltron with real people, right. so that was really interesting to me, even though I didn't really give a shit about, like, these fucking spunky-ass teenagers hanging out at a health club, like, I just wanted to see <laughs> robots fighting monsters, right. men-in-suit robots fighting men-in-suit monsters, right, like, right. I was all about that shit. Right, and now we have Pacific Rim. Well, exactly, no, we, we, are, we are the, see... See, this is where you're wrong. We are not the prime target demo for Power Rangers. We are the prime target demo for Pacific Rim. That might be. That might be the case. That might be a better way to look at it. Um, Tim. Yeah, Tim, I was gonna say Tim our, our is, younger siblings is, are probably a little bit more in the in yes. the. I don't. I don't know. If my brother was really ever huge into Power Rangers. Because look, that show went through like kind of like Star Trek went through like five different spin-off iterations. No idea. And yeah, they were I don't even I don't even want to know. But there were two movies with like the based on the like original two? cast. There were two. Um, three? I only remember the first movie and I remember I saw it in a hotel room. And so we were watching the movie as like movie's not too good. old for this and we were just like what is happening? But still to this day, because the one line that sent us cracking up laughing because of how awful it was, was there's some villain, I don't even remember the plot details, so don't try to explain it to me, it has no bearing on the story. There's a villain, and the Power Rangers there, and they're trying to intimidate the villain, and they're like, we're the Power Ranger, and he's like, ooh, the Power Rangers, let me go get my autograph book! And like, still to this day, I could <laughs> randomly say to my brother, let me go get my autograph book and he would like die laughing because we were just like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my no that's life. pretty good no the the if I remember right the and first and, and you know in our heads I'm sure we were like this is no Ninja Turtles movie <laughs> <laughs> what the hell a children of today fair criticism for sure where's your ninja rat yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, no, I, I remember, I think the first movie had the original cast and the second movie had like a spin-off cast or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I, cause I feel like, I well, feel like a couple of the original people like cameoed in the second movie. Was, I, I did remember enough. There of was some really bad CG, I did remember, I remember that. enough of Power Rangers to that when I first started watching Felicity and What's-Her-Face came on the screen for the first time, my initial reaction was totally, oh my god, the pink Power Rangers! So, like, <laughs> I at least knew enough of Power Rangers to be, like, very surprised there when I go. saw the pink Power Ranger on Felicity, whose name I have now totally forgotten. Well, I'm sorry. I think it was Amy Jo I was gonna Johnson? say that! I think that's I was right. Gonna say I think Amy it's, jo I think it's Amy Jo Johnson. Oh, I want to say it's Amy Jo. Because what a fucking name is Amy Jo? That's a... That's a <laughs> how are you not riding a stride a tractor if your name fair, is Amy Joe. Fair listeners, I think what we have done here is unearthed a deep secret of dailies. He apparently knows a lot of <laughs> my secret love of Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. I have boxes full of action figures still in the no, storage space. No, I really never I know had... all the names. I can tell you where the Red Power Ranger is today. I remember There's the Red Power Ranger's name was Jason, week. and the Blue Power Ranger. The character was Jason. I think the blue one was named Billy. And Zach. 
I like and how you started this out with like, I remember in a tone that was meant to convey, I only Cause remember Because now they're all just flooding back. Days. No, now they're like, all just flooding I back. I only remember a little. And the, then you proceeded to rattle off everyone's name. The yellow <laughs> one The yellow one was Asian, which was totally racist, Trini. but we didn't know. Trini. Yeah, uh-huh. That sounds oh right. Oh, my God. Um, and you know, the black one it. was named Zach, and he was a black, black guy, guy, which was also pretty racist. <laughs> yeah. Power Rangers are secretly racist. I don't think it was it a, secret. a secret. I don't think it was that big a secret. You know what I do remember about the Power Rangers? I remember that there was some Power Ranger event which was shown in Prime Green Prime. Ranger. I don't know. Yes. I remember that no, too because no, no, no. it's a very big deal. Yes, my, my they point. introduced a new Power Ranger. Yes, I remember my, my point that. was is they showed it in tandem with the Phoenix Saga and I watched that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, they introduced a new Power Ranger at one point. He was the Green Ranger because at first he was a bad guy, and then they he like they won him over to the good side, and then he became the White Power Ranger. I don't remember if that was Daily on the show knows or the movie. Everything about Power Rangers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was, was about to say. I was about, to but say. only that first generation though. I don't know anything about any of the spinoffs when they were like samurai in space or something. Like Power Rangers. Oh, the, no, they all had names. I there were like four different oh, series. Like of, a lot? There were many uh, different spin-off series that are all Power Rangers, like, Space, was, Power Rangers, cool something. I, in yeah. my head, I very much associate Power Rangers with Pokemon because they were two things that I learned about when I was just too old for them. So in Oh like, yeah, when Pokemon I was, I was when way I was like too just old. on oh, the no, other no, side yeah. of too old for it. So it's like I in my and Barney, I feel like it was like all at the oh, same Barney, time. Yeah. Barney, that we I was out. like, yeah. I just, yeah. I, just yeah. I feel like yeah. it was just for all at the same. Well, that yeah. we were way too old for Teletubbies. That, that was yeah. like high school, but I feel like it all kind of happened at the same time where I was like just too old for all of it. So now it's like almost a barometer for me as to how old someone is. Like if I hear someone talking about like how much they loved Pokemon or how much they loved Power Rangers or whatever, I just assume they're at least a good like five years younger than my. Me. My version, well, of except, Power for Daily, apparently. except for Daily, apparently. Apparently, Daily into Power Rangers. Even I didn't realize the only thirteen-year-old in Milton. Even I didn't realize I was that into Power Rangers until right Power now. Ranger what you don't know is that Daily is secretly, while Jamie is at work, Daily comes back home from work, puts his culottes on, that's and watches Power Rangers. Apparently, that's the way this works. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, let's get the fuck off of Power Rangers for a while. Um, well, look, no, look. Here's what I'll say. These so, also as red as his t-shirt. It's possible. <laughs> uh, so they they're, so they're going to reboot this franchise. They want to do a Power Rangers movie. I don't think they're going to connect it back to any of the various TV shows and toys or whatever. I think they're just going to... I'd like to, to go back to the original and leave it there. I don't... Well, maybe. I mean, maybe they'll treat it kind of like... Kind of like Con. new... Well, no, I was going to say kind of like new Battlestar did, where like 70 or 80s Battlestar was like... Right sort of history but not really canon it was right. sort of like oh those old Cylons are old Cylons now we have yeah. new ones like maybe like oh we there used to be these people named Power Rangers and now you're going to be the new Power Rangers but it won't actually it won't actually reference are anything they still going to have before. dinosaur alter I don't know maybe who knows look I'm sure there are favorite part of I'm Power sure Rangers. there are Honestly, very they long had robots and the robots were awesome. well the robot the dinosaurs robots no they were robot dinosaurs right. they, yeah was, I'm sure there are very long message boards that are debating this point right now let's somewhere on the internet no let's not that's not at all I feel like the kind of the charm of the show like I said was the man in suit villains the crazy monster things and you were criticizing last week when we were talking about Spider-Man saying that the Raimi's Green Goblin looked like a Power Rangers villain uh, I feel like that was kind of part of the charm of that show and I think kind of what got lost in the movies is they were like oh well it's a movie so we need to do CG and it just looked and first of all it was poor CG but 
I, it also just didn't look that, right. What year did that movie come out? Oh, we're talking late 90s, I think. For, for me... For let's me, check the internet. For, for me, the big moment of terrible... C, that, like, the pinnacle of terrible CG... Yeah. ...is Blade Trinity. Uh, what particular... The in, ninjas hopping around, they just look fucking terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the second... That, wait, 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 no, is that the second the, blade or the well, third the, one? Well, the second blade starts off with... Um, I wonder where Whistler dies. Spoiler! That's the... Second one, I don't remember. I haven't watched them in a while. Um, this the maybe it's the second one then. This the second movie starts off with Blade fighting another vampire, and it's CGI Wesley Snipes and CGI vampire, like two CG characters fighting each other, and it does not look good. Um, certainly not by today's standards. Certainly not, or well. It's always um, Scorpion King. Wait, is, that's really the low point for me. This yeah. is reminding me, by the okay, way. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I love it. <laughs> I'm IMDb'ing Power Rangers to see what year the movie came out, and is I'm getting all... I'm, search history? No, I'm getting all of the spin-off titles. <laughs> so we've got Power Rangers Megaforce, Power Rangers Samurai, Power Rangers Dino Thunder, Power Rangers RPM, and Power Rangers RPM. S... Power Rangers SPD? Like Apparently, Power Rangers were part of the... Uh, something police department? What's the city that starts with that? It's the Syracuse. Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse <laughs> Police Department. That's Damn. the best possible answer you can give. Power Rangers of Upstate New York. <laughs> Fucking drunk drivers. Um, this reminds me of a Why rather unfortunate time. Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. There's more. Fuck yeah! There's so many. Wait, 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 wait. How many are there? There are a lot. Okay, so Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie was 1995, 95. and then the. Sequel, which the show was still yeah. on, so the show was ninety three to ninety six. The first movie okay, came so out ninety five. Ninety three. We were ten. Yeah, that's about right. That's on the edge of too old. Now, Power Rangers. That's on the edge of too old. See what we? Daily's like, no, it isn't. It's not what's too old. What's totally cool, it's guys. Totally appropriate time to be into what's the happened? Power Rangers. What's happened is that Jamie has maneuvered Daily into a position of defending his love for Power Rangers that didn't exist ten minutes ago, but now is a point of contention. It's a sticking point in their you marriage. You have a Power Rangers tattoo. I don't know about, don't you? Uh, I'm not. I'm Turn plead- the lights off. Don't look at me. I played the fifth. Uh, Amy Jo Johnson. I was totally correct about yeah, that. I'm so surprised that you were correct about that. Uh, the sequel was. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, uh, and Turbo. that... Was there a wedding scene at the top? Go no. Oh, what? for a second, no. I, he scrolled there a Power back Rangers really wedding? fast, and I thought the cast photo was a wedding photo, and I was like, is that the plot? Do two of the Power Rangers get married? And I was very excited. It is it not doesn't, to be, apparently. It doesn't look like there's a lot of original cast members in this oh, first well, one. Oh, well, then so. why bother doing it? Well, fucked if I know. Wait, was that Amy Jo Johnson? Yeah, no, the yeah, pink so Power Ranger. in it. No, the pink Power Ranger and the red Power Ranger Who showed up as, as, like, cameos. And I think the green Power Ranger, I think it, by then he was the white Power Ranger, was still around at that think. point, so. You think. You know. He was definitely the white Power Ranger by that point. The white Power Ranger was he awesome. The white Power Ranger. Look, we gotta stop talking about fucking Power <laughs> Rangers. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I just have to say, this reminds me of what was such a sad moment for me. Um, Your wedding so, day? <laughs> <laughs> burn! Whatever. You I just made burned that myself. I did. I, did. Um, you, I filed that paper. You just burned the whole room. So, <laughs> We're all culpable there. I was and am a very big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. And, you know, Buffy, as many, you know, Buffy fans will tell you, is a very serious show about very serious themes. 
However, exactly. it also happened to be on what was at the time the WB, yeah. which had no money at all. So the effects were not what we shall call sophisticated. No. And neither were the costumes and things. That's true. So I had a friend who was not into Buffy really at all, and I kept talking about how great it was. So she decides to watch an episode with me, and this was like when... I can't remember now if the show was like still airing and we just watched whatever was on that week or if I was doing a rewatch on the DVDs and she just like came over for whatever episode I happened to be on. Regardless, I did not choose this episode. Um, So she comes over and we watched, if you remember Buffy, it's the episode with the loan shark where like Spike has been gambling with kittens and he I'm like sorry. owes, oh, I don't really he owes that all one. these kittens. I have to a the gap in my shark. Buff- I have a gap in my Buffy okay. knowledge. I stopped watching it at a certain so point Spike, and then came back Spike later. Spike has been gambling with kittens, and he owns. How does one gamble with kittens? When you're be- demons, demons and you like drink kittens. blood, kittens demons are very nice for you. Yeah. Um, like but so he owes. But the point is, he owes all this stuff to a loan shark, and the loan shark is literally like. He is shark. a demon monster with a shark head, basically. Oh. And so I'm trying so hard to convince my friend that this is a show that has <laughs> serious things to say about, like, life and humanity and is a show that is worth her time. And there it's is... the show about a vampire and, gambling with kittens. And there is, there is a lone shark, except with a sh- stupid, like, you know, it's a practical effect, but it's like a foamy shark head. And he's accepting this basket of kittens, yes. And she was just sitting on the couch, and she was like, I feel like you want me to like this show, and all I'm seeing is Power Rangers for adults. And I was, and I was my heart broke in half. I was like, it's not that stupid, is it? So I thought when you were talking about the Power Rangers villains and the Green Goblin, I was like, oh, it's the freaking Lone Shark. <laughs> like, yeah, but come on, I will love that gag like that, that dumb forever. I will, a, a literal Lone Shark, shark. I will love that forever. Shark. I will love that it's forever. Awesome. I can't not enjoy the fuck out of that. Come on. Um, well, okay, well, oh, look. Oh, Joss. We're... Literal loan shark. Of course, Joss Whedon makes a literal loan shark. shark. Of, of course. course he does. Yeah. Nothing shocking about that. <laughs> um, okay, well, look. Let's, let's hit a couple more, uh, a couple more points here. Uh, let's, now that we're talking about movies again, kind of, not really. So there's a Point Break remake in development. Yes. Um, and they've got their Johnny Utah. It's this kid, Luke Bracey, who's shown up in some stuff. I, Jamie, I feel like I was going to say, you're looking at me, is. and I don't know who that name well, is. Maybe no, I, was I would know say, face. He's an Australian guy. He was in some... G- oh, he was in that Monte Carlo movie that you oh, watched wait, hold before. On. Who is he in Monte Carlo? Why, why are they remaking Oh, he's that guy from yeah. Monte Carlo. I don't know. I it's a Because it's an identifiable... Yeah, go traveling the world. Out of ideas. Yeah, basically. It's an identifiable brand that they can... Yeah. Look, the, the, the popular mentality is... Well, look, this was a success before, so, like, me greenlighting this, if it doesn't work out, me greenlighting this movie, it made sense, because this was a successful brand That's before, literally you know? the only thing I know him from is the Monte Carlo movie, because I did not see G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah, he takes over, that's right, he takes over for uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in G.I. Joe Retaliation, but it doesn't matter, because he almost... In G.I. Joe he has a mask! No, 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 G- he's, he's in the in first, first G.I. Joe. He, Joseph Gordon-Levitt up by a mask. Joseph like Gordon-Levitt plays time. Cobra Commander. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you didn't know this? That's how he and Channing Holy Tatum are like shit. best friends. They met on GI Joe. Yes. No. Joseph I Gordon-Levitt. I know nothing about any of those. Yeah. Movies, I, 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a guy who's... I think of them like the Expendables. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. Um, he plays he plays like a scientist guy. He's a kind of a mad scientist for most of the movie, and then literally in the last like seven minutes, he becomes Cobra Commander. Um, and then in the second one, they obviously couldn't get him back, but Cobra Commander isn't as big of a part. So it's mo- you get like one shot of him outside the mask, but mostly he's just a guy in the silver helmet. Right. So Luke Bracey plays Cobra Commander in the second movie. Um, so he's he's our Johnny Utah. Um, the Bodie character, the Patrick Swayze role, yeah. um, was supposed to be Gerard Butler, who I actually thought was kind of a great choice for that role. Who's Gerard Butler again? Gerard Butler was I know that name, the guy from 300. And oh, that guy. Olympus yeah, has yeah, fallen, yeah, yeah, which yeah. you need to come watch Olympus has fallen with oh me. God, oh my god, Bart. you have no idea. It's so awesome. Okay. It's so oh. awesome. Axe in head. It's Said so by someone awesome. who likes the Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. No, it's awesome. God damn it. Now everything I say is suspect. <laughs> I haven't even admitted to liking Power Rangers, just that when I was a no, child. No, I wait, no, no. If you had admitted it, that'd be one thing. But the fuck. fact that we maneuvered you into admitting it. Son of a bitch. Hey, we just maneuvered you into showcasing your vast <laughs> Power Rangers. Knowledge. Damn it, anyway. <laughs> so the Point Break remake has lost its Bodie. It's lost its Patrick Swayze character. Um, it was supposed to be Gerard Butler. I'm sad Gerard Butler's gone, but now there's a hole. There's a vacuum now. Who should play Patrick Swayze 2.0? Amy Joe Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so this is. She's a, due for a career. She totally <laughs> is due. Um, so this is this is the the, the white power ranger, not the guy, just like the sorry, white power. For a ranger. second, I thought you were just saying white power. No. Like, wait, what? Oh, just like he should just show up in costume, like I know, right? No, completely unexplained. It should just be the white power ranger, like yeah, not the actor, costume. the actual white yeah, power ranger. Yeah, yeah no, that costume be and everything on a surfboard. No yeah, explanation. Absolutely. Um, Jumping over a loan shark. Yeah, a literal loan shark. Yes, literally jumping over a literal loan shark. It's all come full Best circle. Movie ever. Oh my god, I'd show up for that every day. Um, so no, so this is so this is my question to you guys: is who who would be Who's a good idea? Challenge? Yes. No, who would be a good person to play the new Swayze who's in a Point Break uh, movie? I'm sorry, did I miss it? Did they say who's playing the other guy? Is it the guy from Monte Carlo? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's that's All the right. Keanu Reeves okay. role. Okay. And I will say that I was sat for about five minutes and I was trying to come, I came up with a short list of people I thought were kind of interesting. But a lot of the people I was thinking of, I felt like old. I felt like they were. I was looking at them and go, oh, that'd be good. But then I thought, oh, that would actually be he'd be better as you as Johnny Utah. But so. I was gonna say, can I? I'm looking at your list. So I've got here. Let me list? read off. Let me okay. read off this list. So I've got They're this list like of people. 40. Well, but Swayze wasn't that old at the time. Is the thing? Did you mean he was that old? No, no, I'm saying he was not... Oh, you're saying they're too, these people are too old? Yes. Okay. That's well, my point. That might, Swayze and Reeves were what? Like well, 25? Well, no, no, no. But I'm looking at a contemporary of Gerard Butler. If that's who uh, they were going guess, for, I'm looking Monte for Carlo one of his guy's contemporaries. Like 25-ish. Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't look at Johnny age, Utah's supposed looks... to be a young, a young FBI agent. The the the, the Bodie character like an should mentor. Well, yeah, I mean, he's no, he's not. Have you not seen Point Break? Oh my God, Jamie, have you not seen Point Break? I was trying to let that go by. Holy <laughs> shit! No wonder that didn't make any I sense to me. I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay. 
So I've seen a couple of scenes. They're surfing, oh, and then my when someone god. told me it was a cop movie, I was like, "That surfing movie? That's no. a cop movie?" No. Oh my god! No, it's so I was good. Very confused. No. They're just gonna no. cast Channing Tatum. No. Movie. So so look, and actually, Channing Probably. Tatum, Channing Tatum would not be the worst choice to be honest well, with you. Well, but shouldn't he be the other one? Well, that's exactly what I was saying. A lot. Yeah. I thought of Channing Tatum. Based I thought no, he'd be a better said. Johnny Utah. Yeah. Um. So no. So the the premise of Point Break is Johnny Utah is a young FBI the agent. Best name ever. He is the be- it is the best name agent. Johnny Utah. Uh, he, that one's Reeves? Th- no, that's yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. Okay. So he is a young FBI agent who is chasing down bank robbers who... Uh, Buy a surfboard? No, no, no. They rob banks uh, with the masks I, that of was dead said presidents. with excitement. I wanted it to be by no, a surfboard. You're close. So we can, you're pretty just close. To be clear. No, he's chasing down these bank robbers. They wear president, dead president masks. Okay. And his theory is that the bank robbers are surfers. Like, nobody else in the FBI takes his theory and seriously. And based on... Uh, there's, like, wax left behind at the scene of a crime that is, like, surfboard wax... And he's looking at, like, surveillance footage, and they see, like, they've got, like, really distinct tan lines or something. Where it's like, no, it's like, it's completely ridiculous. This sounds like Power Rangers for adults. Exactly, right? So, so his theory is that they're surfers, so he goes undercover in, like, the surfing world to try and figure out what local surfers might be these bank robbers. And Swayze is, like, the head of the bank robbing surfers. Well, then they should totally cast Gerard Butler because he has all that surfing experience from Maverick. Exactly. No, it, that's, it made sense at the time. Like, you buy that. But no, not so much. We've lost Gerard Butler. So now... Then I vote Rockwell. So, okay. So so we've got a bunch of different... I wrote a bunch of different people here. I literally looked through the list of movies I watched over the last year and looked at actors and said who would be good out of those people. I now only want it to be Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, I think, would be a fantastic choice. I like. I feel like he's sort of the right age. He can play the... Sort of both sides of that card. I think he would be a layabout surfer who right? earns yeah. money through robbing banks. He'd be the as evil version of his way way back meaningful. character. Exactly, yeah, it'd be great. That's exactly what it is. I don't want to work a real job. I just want to surf by day and, and rob, rob banks, banks by night. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, Frank Grillo, who played uh, the guy from uh, Captain Winter Soldier. from Winter Soldier, who was like the head minion of Winter Ed Soldier. Security. Yeah, the oh, guy who security, gets burned at the end. Tough. Um, yeah, yeah, crossbows. Uh, crossbows. Yeah, he, he, I think he'd be. I think he'd be pretty good. Um, I well, I have no frame of reference for that guy. I don't know if he can be. He, you need to lighten up. A little yeah, bit. yeah, maybe. Um, Ethan Hawke would be. I mean, he's a little on the older side. Say, he's but, too old, and I feel that well, current part of the, current Ethan Hawke seems to take himself far too seriously. That's possible. Part of part of Bodie's thing is that he's like he's been doing it for a while, and this is like like. This is his last I summer. Also, He's trying to get out. Can I just say, as someone who has never seen Point Break, oh, Point we need Break, to watch Point Break. Holy I fuck, we need been, to watch Point Break. I have been with Turbo and Power Rangers movie. I yes. have been thinking this entire time that the two lead characters were partners of some kind. I no. did not realize. They well, were no, that's the thing. He goes undercover, so they become friends. Oh, so they become friends. Okay, so I'm not. So he's trying wrong. to. So he, they're not totally wrong. They're friends, but he's also hunting but him down. It's, and oh, that's such it's, a it's Fast and Furious. Oh, that's no, such, it's Fast and Furious. You know I haven't. You know I haven't seen. I know, and it drives me crazy. You haven't seen what? Fast and, and Furious. Furious. It's fa- I mean, Fast and Furious is Point Break with Faster Cars. Fast and Furious, sir. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the exact same, which is why, look, I mean, fucking Vin Diesel would be a great replacement. No, but he's already dude. done po- Fast and Furious, and he's already done Triple X. It's like the same, it's like Triple X, is Triple X character mixed in the world of Fast and Furious. It's the same premise. This is the first time I have, I have ever heard anyone want Vin Diesel cast in anything they actually like and care about. Dude, Vin Diesel would Vin be perfect. Vin Diesel oh, should be 
Vindy in there. Vin Diesel would be perfect in there. Are you going to count his voice work? Well, no. Iron Giant, yes, good, and I understand that he's Groot, but there is a reason that everyone made those jokes about, like, of course he's the perfect Groot. He is yeah. a living tree. Like, that's all Vin Diesel is capable of doing. What about the right one? What Riddick? Riddick is great. You haven't seen, oh, the, I haven't seen the new one. Put, uh, I haven't seen the new one either, actually. I really want to watch the new one. Pitch Black is great. The second Riddick movie is half of it's good. Uh, and I, I hear the new Riddick is actually very good, so I, w- I really would like to watch Starbuck. that. I wrote a couple of the names down here. Carl Urban, Johnny Knoxville, who will be playing Leonardo in the new fucking Ninja Turtles movie. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, James Franco, I think, would actually be kind of awesome in oh, a weird would, way. Yeah, that would... Franco could, would be kind of fantastic, I, I think. That. Um, I that. Wait, Mark, which Franco? James right? Franco. I mean, Dave Franco's too young, but... I like Dave, Dave Franco so much more well, than yeah. James Franco, though. I'd rather Dave Franco be in everything. Mark Wahlberg would, Mark Wahlberg would be good. Yes, um, he'd be good. He, he's got the right kind of shadiness to him. Um, you really need to watch Pain and Gain with me, man. Pain I, and Gain I'm, is fucking incredible. Um, you know who I also thought would be awesome? Ethan Embry. And we haven't talked about fucking Cheap Thrills yet. Uh, but how... Okay. Oh Ethan Embry has a baby face, but I feel like Ethan Embry is actually quite old. No, he is. And as a, in Cheap Thrills, like, he's... he. I mean, that guy has, like, no hairline anymore. I feel like he's got to be, like, in his he, late 40s at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, he's... Yeah, he, he, he could like totally said, pull that off. he posted by on it. Well, no, but I'm saying I think he's too old. Oh, no, I don't think so. I know I he's got a baby face, fine. but I think he's too old. I think he'd and be like kind he of Reed great. I don't think he's the right name that I'm they still want there. Sam Rockwell. Luke Bracy is not the right guy. Well, look, those are those are just names that I came up with off the top of my head. Basically, I'm, I'm curious if there are any who. I mean, is there someone you see as like a new Swayze? Let's just go with what we've got. I like I like I the Rockwell idea. Sam Rockwell, right. yeah. Cool. Done. Listen up, Hollywood. So we all like Sam Rockwell? Yes. Sam Rockwell? No, look, Sam Rockwell's I'm, I'm a fine choosing him now. I'm choosing him now as the heart of the Ghostbusters of the Point Break remake. <laughs> yes. Sam Rockwell. Agreed. Speaking of heart of the Ghostbusters. All right. Yeah, look, look at look, that. Look, look, we've all come back full circle. not my first podcast. We've all come back full circle. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we have to pick a heart of the Ghostbusters for, uh, I think we can for Attack the Block. Can we? One, two, three... Nick Frost. Ah! <laughs> that was so perfect. Of course you went with the lead, and of course we went with Nick Frost. Oh my god. I don't want to hang out in Ron's weed room. I want to hang out in Ron's weed room forever. Are you kidding? I want to talk to Moses about life. Oh no, Ron's weed room looks like the shit. Are you kidding? And I want to listen to Moses talk. I I like his accent. I want to hang out in the weed room. I feel like he'd be the... I just want to sit around and have a beer with him. No, you don't, no, want, to hang, yeah. you don't want to hang out with like super educated rich white boy biologist Bruce. owner. Bruce, yeah. Bruce is great. Look, I like Luke Treadway a lot. Lives I think with he's, his I think he's parents good. Parents and no, goes Nick to Frost. school and yeah. then no, I gotta go Nick Frost over. The other, the only other person I think maybe. I honestly had no idea that's where you guys were going. Oh no, I thought it was obvious. I thought it was obvious. It's so obvious that I, in my head, I'm like, here would be the other good answer. Probs and mayhem. Yeah. Probs and they mayhem are awesome. You can't have beer. You They're can't have children. beer with like that's nine-year-olds. Right. <laughs> but probs and mayhem are like that's a fantastic yeah. fucking subplot. Yeah, they, were, they, were, they were great. It's so like it's so well told. It's so well structured. That whole bit is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, there was talk at one point of doing of there being like a probs and mayhem like spin-off of some kind, like a cartoon or a graphic novel or something like that. Not like, a good idea. Let it be. Yeah, let it be I mean, what yeah it is. it's probably better as minimized. Just, but, just let it be what it is. Um, it's good. Leave it. 
one of the other things I really love about that movie, though, is the willingness to kill children. You know, that you've got this gang of, like, six kids and that they're not all sacred. You know, that they don't they don't all make it to the end. And yeah. I love that. I yeah. think that's so well, great. I was going to say, like, I also really like the premise of, and I mean, it's definitely, like, sold this way in the trailer, of, you know, so many alien invasion movies, the people that are taking on the aliens are the people who are qualified to be taking on the aliens. Right. You know, like, they're soldiers and, you know, they're, they've got certain skills. Whereas this is, like... The aliens invade the least likely place, and the only people who really know about it and seem to be doing anything about it are, like, the least qualified people to be doing it. This just, like, group of rowdy, gangster, punkish teenagers. Um, but, but I like, on the one hand, they're like, they actually do a pretty good job, A, but then, like you said, B... That they do die because yeah, they are the least qualified people to be doing right. this. Not like, there's super no teens, realistic so. way they're that not, they would all make not it. What? Super teens? You mean like uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? <laughs> well, say, if they no, had dinosaur robots, this would be a very different story. Very different there's movie. no realistic way that they do all make it out of there alive no. because they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. They're children, so it's just like. But yes. obviously, most movies are very, very reticent to kill no, children. I agree. So, I, like, I love that. That's okay. And like, not only do they die, but they die in some fucking spectacular fashions that one kid gets his head popped off flies across the room uh yeah jerome jerome gets gets a big claw in the face but hi-hats hi-hats is my favorite oh yeah that fucking close-up of the half his face ripped off is so good straight out of dead alive oh yeah no it literally is a dead alive cut it's great though oh i fucking love it all right well i think that probably just about wraps it up uh let's we we can set our agenda now because we know what we're seeing this coming week we do indeed. That would be... Oh, I'm so excited. Godzilla for sure. Goddamn. Godzilla, Thursday, absolutely. 9.30. What I will say, for those looking for some preparation, uh, there are lots of Godzilla movies streaming right now. Are there? Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of the different Godzilla and Kaiju movies between Netflix and Amazon. Uh, Sony's got a service, a streaming service called Crackle that isn't very good, but they've got a lot of stuff streaming there right now. Um, so there are a lot of different Godzilla movies that you can... You can peek in on between between now and next week when the Godzilla Ameri- the newest American Godzilla hits theaters. Um, we'll, we'll be seeing it in the IMAX and the 3D. Very excited about all that. Very um, exciting time. Very exciting time. But we're going to go to a, thir- a late night Thursday night show, uh, and then j- the next morning, Jamie and I we're getting on a plane and going to Cleveland to see Whee! my brother graduate from college. Oh my god! Um, so maybe I was thinking maybe, maybe we can maybe we can do a, a uh, well no I mean. We could do a late nighter afterwards, or uh, I could bring my laptop to Cleveland, and I could we could do it you and me via Skype, um, like from Cleveland some night um, over like over the weekend. No, 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 no. I want to do this in person. All right, because it's Godzilla. It means too much to me. All right, I love it. Thursday, it'll be a late night Thursday night. Awesome. Um, do it in the car. Do it. In, do it in the car on the way home. No, uh, no we're not gonna do that. Yeah, audio nightmare. Um, sorry. So, uh, so. Next weekend we'll be we'll be talking Godzilla for sure, mm-hmm. um, and then we're really pretty much after that we're pretty much off to the races uh, with summer with summer movies. Say. Yeah, we've got X Men right after that. When is it? When is it's Memorial Day weekend. Is it's it the following really? weekend. Yeah, oh my God, we're gonna be deep in summer movie time before you know it. So, that's uh, but that's very exciting for me. I mean, look, I yeah. love summer movie time, but that means we're gonna have lots of good new stuff to ship to talk about, which I feel like has been the bigger audience draw for us. Is the you know Spider Man. Spider-Man, we had a lot more people listen to the Spider-Man podcast than listen to the Bubble Boy podcast. Well, For some reason, passing understanding. So, um, 
But no, this was good. Uh, uh, Bart, thanks, thanks for thanks for coming around as always. always a pleasure, uh, Jamie. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. As always, you can find me online at dailyscreening.com, uh, at dailyscreening on Twitter and on Facebook as well, uh, and as well as Instagram and Tumblr and and other social media You're networks on as Tumblr? well. I am on the Tumblr. Um, you yes, you did. Uh, so you can uh, follow me in all those in all those Jamie's various places. <laughs> you can follow me in all those various places, uh, and of course subscribe uh, on iTunes uh, and on SoundCloud. Rate us, review us, and all those other things uh, to boot. This has been the Daily Screening. It sure has. <laughs> Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Go go Daily.